on the ball city, baby. Let's go. Just a block. Wow. Wow. Take the ball. I'm in to this year's the North City Football Cup. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the TNC podcast. I am really, really excited to get stuck into this yellow and green conversation tonight. This man helped secure Norwich City promotion back to where we belong, the Premier League. 311 career appearances, 55 for Norwich City. One glorious Premier League goal, a solid centre-back. It's, of course... Leon Barnett. Leon, first of all, Macy, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. How are things with you at the moment? Yeah, all good. All good. Uh, I think you caught me off guard yesterday, catching me on the sofa. But uh, yeah, no, I'm all good. I'm all happy to talk. You brought it up, mate. I'm going to I'm gonna tell the audience now. Yeah, that's right. I had booked in a recording session with Leon, um, but he accidentally fell asleep on the sofa. So we had to rearrange it. So here we are. Appreciate his presence. He needs yeah. his sleep. Is uh, does Leon, and I'm sure we'll we'll get that, get onto that more further on the line. And um, Leon, I noticed first of all you were at the amazing Watford game at Vicarage Road, and you were sitting in the Watford end. What did you think of us? What result for the yellow and green boys? Hey, yeah, it was a great result. Obviously, being brought up in Luton, Watford's not our friendliest rivals anyway. So just to beat them is, is fantastic. But I think. Like I said, Norwich deserved all three points. Um, and it's great for Sargent to get those two goals as well. I think he's been under a lot of pressure recently. Um, and for him to come up with two goals, that little scorpion kick was uh, was very phenomenal as well. And yeah, I think they're absolutely buzzing. Hopefully that'll be sort of a, a little role they can get onto now. Yeah, we, we, we pray and hope. It was an absolutely fantastic result. And Leon, what I really want to ask your your opinion on is actually our, I know that the attackers will, will, will get all of the headlines from that game, but what did you think about us defensively? I'm, I'm particularly interested in your thoughts on the performances from perhaps Grant Handley or, or Ben Gibson, given that they were in your position back when you were playing for Norwich. What did you think of us defensively? Uh, well, I've seen them previously before um, and I think they're very sort of solid together in previous games. Uh, that Watford game probably weren't the most... Uh, what probably weren't the best performance from them. Um, I think they'd probably tell you that themselves. But ultimately, as a as a defender and as a as a goalkeeper, you want to keep a clean sheet. So they've done their they've done their job. Um, I do know that they, obviously they come under a lot of pressure towards sort of the well middle of the game really, and even in the first half, I think they could have scored a Watford could have scored a goal. So you know they've they've done it right. I think they've you're gonna get games where you know back is going to be against the wall you're going to soak up a lot of pressure and if you can get those strikers or midfielders to create chance and, and score then you know it, it takes the pressure off the defenders what's the area of, of, of latent potential then Leon for, for these Norwich City defenders to fulfill you've been quite polite there and you've said it wasn't it wasn't the best performance so what do we need to do defensively to actually improve because as you say we're, we're, we're we are going to be backs against the walls in, in most games in the Premier League we've got a tough game um, again, against Crystal Palace, we, we, we've got some even more difficult games, of course, against Liverpool and Man City. So what did you notice in the Norwich City defence that we need to improve if we want to survive this season? 
Yeah, like I said, it's just obviously when you're coming in, when you're coming up against sort of teams like Watford, no disrespect, but they're sort of bottom of the, you know, bottom of the league and they're obviously fighting, scrapping for the points. Whereas I think they should, like Norwich maybe should be a bit more attacking. Don't sort of sit back and, you know, be happy mm-hmm. to sort of soak up the passion and then hit them on the counter-attack. Um, I can understand it would be a different game if he was playing Man United or Man City. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the score is well-deserved, but if you look in from the first half, it could have gone either way. It was sort of a, a, a dangerous game to ride. But like I said, the end result is, is the main thing. They've come away with three goals and, you know, everybody's happy. How do you how do you fancy Norwich's chances, Leon? Having having watched them on telly loads, I'm sure. I know that you you, you keep up to date with Norwich, obviously, as one of your former clubs and see them in the flesh as well at, at Vicarage Road. What are you thinking at the moment? Do do you think we can pull this off? Do you think it's possible for Norwich to survive this season? Uh, I'll be honest. Um, when it was ten games gone, um, I think it was on like one one point, um, and I thought, yeah, that's you know, that's our days done in the Premier League. But after seeing the last couple of results and performances, I actually don't see why they can't stay up. I think they can stay up quite not comfortably, but I think they there are three worst teams in Norwich, to put that politely. But yeah, I, I think they've got more than enough to stay up. It just, I think it's more down to confidence. When you're at the bottom of the league, you know, you need to sort of find a way, graft a way down to, to get three points and just build on it. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. It's great to have that hope back in. We spoke about that a lot on our most recent podcast. And it's great to hear it from a former player as well, because I think it's quite easy for us as fans to get carried away. But to hear it from someone like yourself, looking at that team going, actually, do you know what? I think they have got the tools to survive is is certainly going to be music to the to the Norwich fans' ears right now. Leon, what does it what does it take to be an excellent centre back? I want your thoughts <laughs> on this because like I think the game is changing now, right? Where we need we need defenders to be more mobile than never before. But ha- but what what do you think in your opinion makes makes a solid centre back, particularly in the Premier League? Because you've of course you've played at that level. What sort of attributes do these players need to have? Um, well, first of all, I'm not an excellent centre back. I, obviously, I was just told to hit it and kick it and made a good living of it. But, <laughs> but also, but seriously, no. Um, obviously, to be a centre back, you need to be a leader. You need to be dominant on the air, in the air. Sorry, on the floor. Uh, I think you just need to sort of take control of the situations. You get sort of top players like like the players in in the Premier League now. You, you know, you you're looking at every team and you think there's world class players such as like Salah and Ronaldo. And I don't know. I think for the defenders that we've got at the moment, or even just as a team, I think they look forward to having a challenge. And as a defender, your challenge is to stop them from scoring. So I think that's a a great challenge as it is. Um, and I just think you've got to have a hunger. Like um, most of the managers that I've, I've played under. Uh, they've always mentioned defenders love to defend, which is perfect. As soon as a ball sort of gets played out in a wide area, I don't know, I quite like getting in the box and just trying to get there before my my attacker. So um, just little things like that. I've, I think there's obviously a lot more things uh, defenders can come up with. But yeah, like I said, I, I enjoyed defending. Um, and it looks like they do. They do enjoy it. But there's going to be times where like I said, you can't soak up all the pressure. There's going to be times where the other the opposition are going to find ways in, they are going to find gaps and they are going to make attempts on goal. So as long as they can limit them um, and then maybe nick one or two at the other end, then it's obviously going to be a perfect game and three points in the bag. There's a couple of things you've mentioned there, Leon, which you've been hinting at throughout, which is actually 
uh, attack is at, uh, the offense is is actually the best form of defense. Actually, I think you've mentioned that both in terms of watching the Watford game and also being a being a good defensive side. You can't just keep sucking up the pressure. That's that's very true. And of course, a man that that lived by that is your your former uh, manager Paul Lambert, which we will speak about in in just a short moment. And that's probably quite a good opportunity to start talking about your 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 Norwich City career, Leon. Take take me back to the beginning when. You first signed initially on loan from from West Brom, wasn't it? What what sort of feelings and emotions were were going round in in your head when you when you drove through those Colney gates for the first time? Because as you've said, you were brought into you were brought into just head the balls, so you say. Yeah. But but what, what were you thinking? What was going around the the, the Leon Barnett skull at that point? Uh, well, there was there was moments before even driving into the round. I remember my agent sort of um, telling me, you know. Paul Lambert's interested in taking you. Do you want to have a chat with him? And I was like, I don't really want to go all the way down to Norwich. It's like sort of middle of nowhere. You know, I can't see my family. So anyway, when I went down and saw him, um, yeah, he just made me feel loved again. Um, at West Brom, sort of coming to the end of my time and, you know, new managers come in, they have different philosophies um, and I didn't fit in. But yeah, Paul Lambert come in, he had a, he had a sort of a dream and he had sort of, I don't know, he had a way that we wanted to play, wanted me to keep it easy, um, head kick the ball, keep it simple, lead, demand. Um, and I think I, I did that as well as others. Um, and even to this day now, I look back on the team, no disrespect to the team again, but there was no one that was sort of, I don't know, an outstanding ex-Premier League player or a championship <laughs> legend. There was no one sort of that's, that's, you know, done it. And then obviously when they got promoted to the League One and then back into the, to the championship, that was obviously a phenomenal time. And obviously going into Premier League, that was unknown. Like, I think everybody sort of underestimated us that season and surprised a few and caught them off guard. We're going to speak about that season. I'm interested to hear about, about this, Leon, specifically, right? Because when you joined the club, this was before a lot of money was ploughed into the development of the training ground and and, and the Lotus Training Centre as it, as it is at Colney these days. So, was it literally just Lambert's dream that 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 sold you into the club? Was it the pay packet? Because as you say, you you didn't want to you know leave your family and stuff. It's it's out of the way. So I'm really interested. How did they persuade you to join the club in the end? Uh, just, like I said, it was just obviously a it is a Premier League sort of stadium that that the the, um, the training ground is phenomenal. Um, and Paul, like I said, Amber was the, the driving high level himself. Um, and like I said, they, they hadn't really got many great, like there wasn't players that had played in the Premier League or played at a high level. And I just thought it was another challenge. Um, like I said, I wasn't really involved that much at West Brom. Um, I thought it was a, a good opportunity for me to start fresh and sort of like prove myself again. And um, yeah, it, it sort of jumped out at me. Obviously, when I did get there, it's probably the best three years that I've had in my life. You know, I had children that was brought up there, um, proposed to my missus, managed to play in the Premier League. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that I ticked off that I never thought I'd tick off. That is absolutely amazing. I love hearing the happy memories that, that former players had off the pitch in Norwich as well. That's always nice to hear. Let's talk about that, that amazing season when, of course, we were promoted back to the Premier League. We'd just, we'd just gone and absolutely smashed League One, a real... Uh, character and hunger uh, amongst the team and some now let what we would uh, affiliate as legends 
of of this football club in that squad. What was it in your mind, Leon, that did it? Because as you've said, this was a team full of individuals that weren't uh, absolutely outstanding. But 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 how did it all come together? Why did how were you able to do that double bounce and achieve the unthinkable for Norwich City in that 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 2011-12 season? Yeah, like I mentioned before, I think Paul Lambert had a massive sort of pull in that. Um, when I got there, um, I just thought it'd be sort of, I don't know, not easy going, but, you know, you just go in, enjoy yourself and get out. But when I got there, it was sort of, it was more of a, a sergeant major. We, we work, we're working to to get promoted, um, which I thought, wow, was a couple of steps of what I thought it would, would be. Um, but then again, like I said, all the boys... They were on the same page. Everybody worked hard. Um, we did our jobs. We did our gym session. Um, and I think Paul Lambert just, he added little incentives that we, you know, if we did go up, you know, we would do something together as a group, which was great. Um, and just, yeah, little what things like that just yeah. sort of kept the boys what on board, things, which was great. What were the incentives, Leon? Uh, well, I don't think it was just him. I think the club um, helped yeah. us go to Las Vegas. So uh, it's very, yeah, it was unbelievable. There's not many clubs that sort of pay for you guys to go to Las Vegas, which was phenomenal for us. Um, and it just showed how how tight the group was. I don't remember seeing anybody sort of arguing or um, like swearing at each other. It was more sort of like, I don't know, like a positive criticism. Like, you, this is what you should do next yeah. time. Um, I'll help you out next time. I don't know, just everything just seemed to go well. I don't know whether, because obviously Norwich is in the middle of nowhere, it's just a... Uh, Everybody was always around each other after the training, um, during training. It was sort of yeah. a, a good atmosphere to be involved in. We have uh, we have heard about this uh, this infamous Las Vegas trip before, Leon. Don't worry. Will Brahamovich told okay. us a fair bit on our on our podcast. Go and listen to that episode if you've not heard it already, folks. And um, so you you have brought him up. Uh, we don't like to talk about him too much now for obvious reasons. But Paul Lambert. Let's 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 go to to what the people want to hear. Was there a moment where you were petrified? Because I remember meeting Paul, and he he did have a what I would call a scary aura about him. You know, when you're in his presence, you're in his presence. So when you're in the changing room at halftime and things aren't going well, Leon, talk to me. You must have had some some pretty hairy moments with 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 Mr. Lambert. Yeah, definitely. But I think you get that with, with all managers. Um, yeah, it, it, it happens as part and parcel of the business. Obviously, it's it's not for for a sportsman. It's not just the game. It, there's there's more to it. Obviously, you've got to think of obviously the fans have paid their money to watch you play and and, and try and get three points. Um, obviously, some of the players have got sort of mortgages to pay for. There's a lot that's on the line. And yeah, I think there's times where he did, you know, blow his rocket. Um, and he's blown his rocket at me, and that's just something I had to deal with. Obviously, at the time, I didn't, I didn't agree with it, but you know, it's a bit of a learning curve for myself. So, and I think it's a learning curve for everybody. But yeah, it's, it's something that you have to deal with when you're a player, um, and you don't really understand until you're a coach and you've got to sort of deliver those talks and those little prep talks that get you going again. So, so when you say you didn't agree with it, Leon, like, what's your reaction? So Lambert's going mental at you, he's screaming at you. How are you reacting to that? Are you just not saying anything or or how are you dealing with that? Yeah, so I'm quite a laid back person anyway. I'm 
it's very rarely that I get upset and start having a tantrum. But yeah, I, I would just obviously just not look at him. Um, and I think at that stage, I've had a lot of hammerings in the past when I was at Luton. They used to sort of pick on the younger boys and blame them quite a bit. So I knew how to sort of deal with it. Um, and at that time, like I said, I, I've grown up. I've grown up now and obviously he'd hammer me and I, I just wouldn't talk. I'd hold it in um, and then maybe speak to him in the end, which I think I say to say this to a lot of young players. I, I said um, it's quite easy to get caught up in the moment. You need to sort of compose yourself and maybe if there's something that you disagree with or something that's taken personal, you need to say it at the end because obviously it gives you a little bit more thinking time and how to sort of react to it. But yeah, I, I think if I was there sort of a couple of years earlier, uh, yeah, it wouldn't have been a, a nice sight. Were uh, were any of the other players as calm as... Uh, I, bet, I bet a few of the other lads weren't as calm as you though, Leon. Uh, nah, definitely not. Uh, there, was, there was a couple that sort of shouted and screamed and obviously kicked bottles and stuff like that. But like I said, you get that in every change room. There's no one that sort of hasn't done that in the past. It's part and parcel of football. When you've got sort of a, a job to do and, you know, someone's letting you down, you need to obviously make those make those sort of feelings come out, but you've got to say it and do it in the right way, I think. Absolutely. Let's talk about playing in the Premier League, Leon. Um, something that Norwich fans are, are always debating season on season is, can we make this step up? Can the players make the step up? As a player yourself that has done that jump, how did you find that step up in terms of quality, not just in terms of what you needed to do, but also the opposition that... That, that you were coming up against. And that, that must be a really proud moment for you to have made that step up to to play against some of the, the, the best players in the world. Yeah, no, I definitely, I think the second time, obviously, me going into Premier League was with Norwich. And I think that was probably the most enjoyable time, just purely because when I was at sort of West Brom, um, I was still quite young, sort of more looked at who I'm playing against, sort of mesmerised about, obviously, who they are in the stadiums. Whereas... When I came to Norwich, I had that sort of experience. I knew how quick the tempo of the game was. I knew who sort of, I don't know, what sort of tactics they'd play. So I think for my second time was the most enjoyable time. Like I said, I managed to score a goal. Um, but yeah, we the season that we had in the Premier League, uh, I think we finished 10th. So yeah. that was sort of a great achievement to have at any club. Um, and I think it was nice for everybody as well. Like a, a lot of them hadn't played in the Premier League. Um, I think I was the most experienced player that played in the Premier League. So, I don't know, there was a lot of pressure put on me. Um, but I didn't really feel like it really. What, you know, once I had joined from from Norwich, um, it was just sort of an easy sort of adjustment. I didn't feel like I had to prove anything to any of the boys. Um, I think that I just felt like I had been there for ages, um, for longer than a year. Um, and it was just something that I could just deal with. Absolutely love that from you, Leon. I, I really do. And and when we do these podcasts, Leon, I'm going to spring a bit of a surprise on you here. I always I always reach out to uh, to a few people that may or may not have had some 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 better experiences with you over the over the, the seasons at, at, at Norwich City. And one man did pipe up to a message that that I sent, um, which is, "Have you got any banter on Leon Barnett?" And he goes by the name. <laughs> of Grant Holt. And, I don't know him. And, and, and one of the things, well, one of two things that he's asked that I, that I raised is he said, um, can you ask him about the time that he proposed in the helicopter? You have mentioned this already, but I believe a certain someone wasn't particularly happy with it. Oh, yeah. 
So, um, yeah, uh, he, he has dropped me in this one. He, he is 1-0 Grant Holt. But, um, yeah, I think the week before we was playing Man City, uh, I thought I'd propose to my missus, as you do, just being a nice gentleman, take yeah. her around in a helicopter and propose, which I thought was a good idea. Uh, the next day, absolutely, all the boys ripped the crap out of me. And, yeah, what are you doing, doing it in a helicopter, going around Norwich? But, yeah, I just thought I'd do it. Um, and, anyway, we played Man City, uh, I think, on the Saturday uh yeah we got hammered and that was probably one of the moments um paul lambert did have a go at me uh i did try to keep it down i did feel like he was making it personal um he sort of to blame that i'm having a bad game because i took my missus around in a helicopter which i think was a little bit harsh um and a bit personal but well, yeah once again um i tried my hardest to keep my lip um and yeah spoke to him at the end of the game or the next day i think it was and yeah, I think it was all resolved. I don't think there was any sort of any sort of bad feelings about it. It was just something that I felt. I think he respected that. Um, and yeah, we moved on. But yeah, it was a uh, it was an intense cut. Quite it was an intense week. Obviously, I had uh, the engagement with my missus, which was great. And then the next minute, I'm getting absolutely battered for my mates. And then Paul Lambert is chucking himself in as well. And then yeah, it was a bit of an awkward awkward moment. What a story! That's absolutely brilliant. And um, he has asked me to 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 bring something else up, Leon, because of course you don't just have the Norwich City experience with Grant Hull. You also have the Wigan experience with Grant Hull. And he's asked me to tell you about the time that you almost killed yourself from a throw-in. Ah. Oh. Yeah, he he uh he's not coming back on the show, is he? <laughs> I'll, look, I'll give him a right yeah, to he, reply. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, so yeah, I, I it was when I was at uh, at Wigan. Uh, we was playing Berry, um, and I think it was an FA Cup game. So we, I think we were losing sort of might have been one nil or two nil, and I'm playing sort of left centre half was a was a of a three. Um, the ball went out of play. And I obviously ran and got the ball, trying to take the throw in quite quickly. So every, every now and again, you see, obviously, when people take a throw in, they need sort of a long, uh, a long run up. Obviously, around yeah. Berry's um, stadium, there isn't a long run up. So I just thought I'd sit on the sort of advertising board, and then obviously just launch myself and and, and try and throw the ball as, as far up the pitch as possible. Uh, what I didn't expect was, uh, I think I sat on my hand, uh, then the ball sort of fell out my left hand and then I tried to regather it. By the time I did regather it, I fell back and I think it was about a six foot drop, which was, uh, it could have been quite painful if the um, if the uh, sheets weren't down there. But yeah, we played the game um, and I got questioned about it, you know, on the coach. Uh, we actually lost the game and that was the only thing that came out. No one spoke about the score. Uh, they, they, they spoke about the throwing. So uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of lads that will be having a giggle about that. Oh, there you go. There's Grant Holt's banter. Right, Leon. And um, another thing that we do on these podcasts is we get you to go through your ideal Norwich City eleven from the time that you had at the club, and you've kindly provided us with that before the show. So I'm going to bring this up on the screen now. If you just lean to your left or your right, whichever way that is. Yeah. Walk me through this team. I mean, I'm already looking at some of those names, Leon. And I'm thinking. Hello. I mean, for starters, let's let's go right to the right to the attack. We don't need to talk about that man that's giving you stick. 
But yeah. Harry Kane has made it. Why is that? Yeah. Uh, I just thought I'd put him in there. Like, he always worked hard after training. Um, I don't think he had the most successful time at Norwich. He, was, he had a, I think it was an ankle injury that sort of kept on bugging him and even struggling with it now. But, um, yeah, I think he'd come into the dressing room quite shy. Um, we sort of heard the stories that, you know, he was playing for the under-23s. He was only 18 at the time and he was doing really well. I think a lot of people wrote him off purely because uh, they thought he would be sort of a, a, a I don't know, playing in kettle of fish. But he was up and he was always trying to work hard. Um, and that's why he's in my team. His hard work and dedication and it shows to see how far he's gone. I mean, I, I think all of those names on the uh, on my little uh Minority now. I don't think anyone would have thought he would have made it that far, but it just show, goes to show, you know, if you work hard and set your dreams high, um, you can achieve anything. And he done exactly that. Why, Leon, did you think he wouldn't go far from what you saw of him at Norwich? Um, just purely because I didn't really see him play. I know in training he was, he's always looking to get that half yard and, sh and shoot. Um, and he had quite a powerful and accurate shot, which was obviously great but I think when it comes to, to games he was never sort of match fit um, I remember him coming off I think it might have been against Luton Town in the FA Cup um, and that was sort of his time to shine um, I think he started the game pretty pretty sharp but yeah I think he got taken off down to injury and I, I don't think we saw anything of him after that um, but yeah like I said he's always working hard training he was he was very good very solid um, knew where the goal was um but yeah, like I said, he's in that team because of the hard work and dedication he's got. And it's just a proven fact to, to where he is now, really. He's just, yeah, he's worked hard to get where he is and it's fully deserved. A few of the usual suspects in midfield that we won't cover because there's no point. We all know how good they were. But one man I'm particularly interested in is Smith. I assume Corey Smith. Um, yeah. how, how has he made your team? What, what was he like as, as a player and amongst that squad? So Corey, for me, like he was, I don't know, he must have been about 18, 19 when he was playing at the time. And I don't know, I think Corey was one of those players that you could play him anywhere along the midfield. Honestly, he would run and run forever. Um, he would want the ball wherever on the pitch. Um, and I don't know whether, he, I think he just showed that sort of, that mature side in the football. Um, he never sort of, I, I just I just purely think he enjoyed the game so much. He played like, he played football like he was in a playground. He'd, try and get the ball from any side of the pitch. If he was playing left wing or right wing, he'd do his best to get past the winger, maybe cross it, or he'd maybe sort of make an interlock. You know, play front man and join in. But yeah, I think he could play very, he'd be very good. But yeah, he's a he was a, a prospect that we we knew he was going to go on a lot further than what he was. Um, and yeah, he the only thing that struggled with, well, that's obviously been his down point is probably his injuries as well. I know he's struggling with his ankle injuries at, at Norwich as well, but yeah, he's gone on to sort of captain his, his team and yeah, he's done very well. He has indeed. And of course, you've you've put your, you, of course you've put yourself in there at, at, at centre-back. And I, I want to talk about your, your centre-back partnership that you've gone for. Give us an insight into Sebastian Bassong. Just how much of a joker is he? And what is he like in the changing room? What is he like behind the scenes to to to, to play alongside? 
Yeah, I think he was a very good player. Like I said, he, he played at a high level, um, played with yeah. Spurs um, and had like a lot of experience in that sort of level. Um, and I just thought that when he came in, it was great for me to sort of learn from him, um, just the way how he plays the game. Um, he was a laugh and a joke, which is great. But at times I did think he did overstep the mark and maybe do it at the wrong times. Um, but that's the way he, he dealt with it. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he was a terrific player. Um, not sure. Well, he's not playing now, but not sure where he went after Norwich. But um, I think he was quite successful at Norwich. Yeah, no, well, he won player of the season, didn't he? So um, he, he he was, you, you, you can't argue, he, he did have a, at least a successful season with Norwich. I wasn't um, yeah. I wasn't overwhelmingly buzzing with Sebastian Bassong in his time at Norwich, but um, you can't argue at the end of the day, he won player of the season and, um, as you say, played at the, the highest level with us. So um, interesting yeah. team. Thank you for providing us with that, Leon. I really appreciate that. And just just on just on the boys that you played with, who are the characters that that you'll never forget from your from your time at Norwich? Simon Lappin, definitely. Uh, I remember going into the changing room. Um, yeah. Well, you sound surprised. Yeah. Why Simon Lappin, the King of Spain? Yeah. He. Uh, yeah. He. Well, I'll tell you a story. When I when I went in for the first time, obviously I was given squad number twenty, which was next to Simon Lappin, and it might have been. Elliot Ward, I'm not 100% sure. Or it might have been Simeon Jackson, I'm not too sure. Um, so I went in, um, spoke to, to Simon Lappin like, all the time. He was sort of very nice to me, very welcoming, told me where I should live, you know, where the gym is, where the canteen is. So anyway, you go out on the on the training pitch, obviously you're feeling a little bit nervous because you don't really know people's names. I think we was doing a keep ball and honestly, Simon Lappin was just going at me. I didn't know whether it was like a personal thing. I think... No, this this fellow was really nice to me in the in the change room. Like, what what's what's actually happened? And then I don't know. I tried to avoid him. And then after the training, we, we came in, and then he was back to sort of that nice self. I was like, what on earth is this? What have I stepped into here? He was just like two different personalities. But it just showed that you know, once you cross that white line, he's he's a winner, and he doesn't expect nothing less. And yeah, it's good to have characters like that. I've never seen anybody like that before, but. It just shows, like off the pitch, he's a nice gentleman. He's, you know, he's willing to help anybody, which he does on the pitch. But on the pitch, you know, he wants a job done and he wants it done properly, and he expects high standards, which was, yeah, it's perfect. And I think that just run through the whole team. I, I don't think it was just him that had that sort of personality, but you know, a lot of the boys there wanted the best out of each other, and they demanded the best as well. That's why I think that we had a successful sort of, well, years or year going up to the Premier League. Simon Lappin, King of Spain. What a man! What a story! I really, really enjoy hearing those those happy, happy memories, Leon. It's it's great to hear hear one of the the, the King of Spain and a man that you might not want to talk about, but I'm going to bring him up anyway because that's that's what I tend to do on this podcast. Poke the poke the bear a little bit here, Leon. Chris Hewton comes into Norwich City, and I think it's fair to say that you you fell out of favour at that point. What's your opinion on his style of football? Because I think I can probably speak for most Norwich fans and say, although we finished really high in the Premier League, the football was really, really boring. We didn't enjoy yeah. watching it. But what's your opinion on the man, on the time that you fell out of the club and, and also the style of football? 
in terms of the style of football, that's obviously his opinion. That's his philosophy. Every manager has their own sort of way of playing, um, which is it's going to happen. Um, you go to other teams and you've got sort of people that play more defensive than others. You get obviously some teams that sort of are more structured to sort of a, a more attacking style. Um, but for whatever reason, I, di I didn't fit in the team, which, which you know, which is fair enough. I can obviously take that. I've obviously had that sort of um, opinion from other people. Um, it's not, a, not an issue at all. But just some of the things that sort of were nitpicking at me, which, I don't know, it just baffled me, didn't really leave me with any sort of answers. Um, but like I said, yeah, it's down to him. He's, he's picking a team. Like I said, that's something that I have to go with. And if it's not working, you know, I've, I've got to look elsewhere. Very interesting take on that. Uh... On, on Mr. Hewton, in, in, indeed. And and something else that, that might not be particularly comfortable to talk about, Leon, but very interested to get your, your take on it, is obviously having um, endured and experienced some, some really challenging moments uh, around your own personal heart health, um, obviously leading to you having to finish your, your career early. Um, where, do you, where do you think we stand right now in terms of the education around... Um, heart health, both in terms of the professional game and not, because we're seeing lots, lots more cases of of both players and and fans and people in general. And um, obviously, since the since the pandemic, it seems to be happening happening more now. What's your yeah, experience with it? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think over the last what two, two years, obviously since COVID's coming, I don't know whether that's something that's linked, but the amount of players and, and fans in the stadiums that are sort of going down with heart issues is kind of scary sort of i remember when you used to maybe get one heart condition uh maybe i don't know once every two or three seasons but now you you're looking at quite a lot quite a lot in one season um in terms of the sort of education um i do think you know the whole world needs to do something well needs to do a lot more um from for example we do in my football education program uh we do life skills so just simply you know knowing what to do if someone's having a heart attack or a cardiac arrest or i don't know someone's choking um i don't feel we get taught that in school uh there's a lot more that sort of i could touch on but obviously i, I don't want to dig too deep into it but i think there's a lot more that we could do as individuals um and there's probably a lot more that we could do in schools yeah no i agree leon entirely i, th I think it, you know it, it's it's good to hear that from you and I, I agree entirely. That's why I wanted to bring it up. I only really started to learn about uh, things like CPR, etc., when I, when I when I went on my uh, my first aid in the workplace course, and um, back back in one of my old jobs. And you just don't learn it until then. So, um, yeah, I do highly encourage people listening and, and watching now, wherever you are in the world, to to go and find out how to help someone that's choking, how to help someone that's that's potentially having a having a heart attack or something like that. I think it's I think it's really really important and. Um, and, and on the topic of education, Leon, you're now running a football academy, if I'm, if I'm right. How, how are you enjoying that? Yeah, it's good. It can be stressful. Uh, obviously, they're teenagers. Uh, you don't know what to expect, especially yeah. in the mornings. You might get a grumpy <laughs> moan or you might say, you know, get a nice little good morning, Leon. But yeah, it's been intense at times. But yeah, I, I enjoy it. I'm doing the more coaching side of it. Um, so obviously, the guys go in. It's a bit like a college, really. They, they learn sort of sports in a sports diploma, um, have lunch. And then in the afternoon, they're sort of coached by myself. We play games on a Wednesday. But yeah, it's just more of a more of a relaxing time for them to, when I'm coaching them, I don't want them sort of being in a classroom all day 
all day and then obviously having to come out with me and do all shape and boring stuff. I want them to have a bit of life in them, have a bit of sort of a, a laughing and giggle. Um, and I think I learned that from Paul Lambert. I know obviously you don't want me to keep going on about him, but I think he was really good on how and when to sort of have the enjoyment of football. Like yeah. day before a game, it was always fun, but uh, he wanted things done properly. So there might be times where we'll have a keep ball square, where someone gets nutmeg, this is a bit of fun. But then again, when we do go into sort of structured, sort of tactical, I don't know, things, then, you know, everybody has to be eyes and ears switched on and know what the job is. Interesting. And so, so pleased to to hear that you're doing well, Leon. Uh, lastly, there's obviously thousands of Norwich City fans watching and listening to this now all over the world. Do you have a message for those Norwich fans that, that supported you over those seasons that you had at the football club? Uh, yeah, just obviously thank you for, for supporting. Um, I hope you can still continue. Uh, I think the club are going in a good direction. Now is obviously a very good time to sort of stand up and be counted. And um, yeah, hopefully we can do the job as a group and push on and stay up. Absolutely brilliant. And that is all for this episode. Uh, I just want to say a huge thank you. Uh, of course, to yourself, Leon, for, for coming on. And of course, a huge thank you to all of the Norwich fans for watching, listening, wherever you are. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, if you're watching on YouTube, do give it a thumbs up to like it. If you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, do rate us. Five-star reviews are definitely welcome indeed. And of course, get involved in the conversation and make sure you go and follow Leon on, on Instagram and Twitter to, to keep in touch with his journey and at Talk Norwich City. Finally, there's only one thing left to say, and I've not briefed you on this, Leon. What's that? I don't know. Are you going to sing up the up the? I don't know. Are you going to sing a, a song or <laughs> on the Bull City? Go on. Yeah. Oh no, that's not for me. I no, I can't sing. You don't want to hear me. <laughs> Leon, top man. Thanks so much. Mate.